Hey, everyone. It's Ashley. Thanks for listening to part two of our amazing interview with Brooke Nielsen. In this episode, we cover her birth story and how she got started with her amazing business, as well as some fun facts about her husband and their 10-year marriage. If you haven't already, check out part one. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy. Hey there, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Amber. We're identical twin sisters from Southern California. While you may look exactly alike, sometimes you think that's all we have in common. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee, pour a glass of wine, and hang out with us for a little bit. This is Hashtag Twin Life Podcast. a little bit about mommy Brooke, but what we want to hear your birth story because i'm really curious about it whatever you feel comfortable sharing of, of it obviously but i'm sure your mom mom has asked you a lot about your story yes mainly i i share my story a lot because um if you followed me for a long time i a lot's happened so I'll try to give you the not so long version so we're not here too long but i, <laughs> I would love to share my story um so little backstory, we had a great pregnancy. I was one of those moms that like didn't have any complications. I love being pregnant. I'm sorry. Most moms hate hearing that. Um, we were she playing a home birth. Working out. All <laughs> I, remember, I, I watched. <laughs> I love it. I had a great pregnancy. I loved it. It was such a great journey. We were planning a home birth because everything was just going so smoothly. And home birth was a great option for us. We uh, did a lot of research about it. And worked with a midwife and everything was smooth. Up until 37 weeks, our midwife noticed an irregular heartbeat on our daughter out of nowhere. And of course, you know, that like nothing worse than hearing something wrong with your unborn child, any child, any, your child at any stage of life, anything that's wrong with your child, that's like, ugh, oh my gosh, that's like the worst feeling. Um, so it was around like 5.30 or 6 at night on a Friday. And she's like, you know, I think you should try to get in and maybe let's get a scan done and make sure everything's looking okay in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, losing my mind. Uh, she actually sent us to her friend who works out of a chiropractic office. And we went to this person at like nine o'clock at night and had a scan done um, just to make sure like her heart looked okay and everything was looking normal. Um, because typically with a home birth, you don't go for like very many scans. I think I had done maybe two or three in my whole entire pregnancy because everything had been so quote unquote normal. Um so I went and got the scan done and the ladies, you know, rubbing the stuff on my belly. And she goes, hmm, did anyone tell you that your baby's breech? And I was oh, like, no. what? I mean, out of nowhere. In the beginning, my baby was breech. But if, you know, if you're pregnant, many of you will know, like your baby will move all around throughout pregnancy up until they get towards the end. They kind of get positioned. Okay. Yeah. And they, you know, head down and they get locked into position. Um my midwife had been feeling her and it, she felt head down. Like I had thought she was head down. Long story short, she was breached. We found out on a Friday. Um, I did everything in my power to try to flip her because I had this ideal natural home birth that I had been planning. As you can imagine, a breech baby is not a, um, not ideal for a normal birth. Okay. So I tried acupuncture. I tried, I was doing chiropractic. I did doing you do the inversion. I, I did inversions. On, I was laying on an ironing board on our couch twice a day for 20 minutes. I did this moxibustion thing where you like light this weird thing and you put it on your toes. I mean, I'm talking like woo woo. <laughs> I did all the woo woo things. I was like, whatever I can do to flip this baby. I attempted a external version where yeah. you have someone. I mean, typically you go to the hospital and you have you're given um, 
some, like it's to relax your uterus and to relax you given some, you know, medication um, and they flip your baby. Well, I tried this with my midwife um, trying to do it unmedicated and, you know, as naturally as possible. We did this on a Sunday night. So I'm giving you a timeline. Friday, I found out she was breached. Sunday, we attempted a external version with my midwife. It was unsuccessful. She did not turn. Uh, we scheduled a external version with the hospital thinking that if I had, some, you know, maybe some medication to help me relax a bit and they could flip her. That was scheduled for Thursday of this next week. My water broke on Wednesday. So from Friday to Wednesday, very short time period of like stress and just this totally my world being turned upside down of a birth plan that was not going according to plan. Right. Um, so my water broke around noon. I was eating chocolate chips in my living room. And whoop. I mean, it was like when they tell you that it can be like a waterfall, it was like a waterfall, guys. It was it was intense. Like a balloon pop. Yes. Now some moms have it where it's like a trickle and other moms have it where it's literally Even like our waters broke. Yeah. They had to break no idea. <laughs> Mine was a waterfall. <laughs> your um, poor rug or floor or couch or whatever. Luckily it was on like our hardwood floor. Oh, but okay. When it happened, like I had never planned, like, what am I going to do when my water breaks? Like I had never thought about that. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like running upstairs. I had diapers, thankfully that I planned to wear if I needed them, put those diapers on. I mean, like, this is like, you know, adult, uh, yeah, you know depends. what I'm talking about? Yes, depends. <laughs> Richard, like, not All crazy. the sexy stuff of birth. So <laughs> um, rushed to my midwife's and she checked me. I, gosh, what was I? I think I was fully effaced, um, but she was definitely still breech. She could tell that, like, that was not a head she was feeling. She's like, I don't know what it is, but it's not a head. Um, so we were talking about plans of like, what do I want to do? Do we want to go to the hospital? Do we want to try to do a breech birth? And I said, I want to try to do a breech birth at home. Husband shows up. We talk about the pros and cons, different dangers of things that might happen. And my husband and I actually decided to go to the hospital because we thought it would, we'd feel better. I'm called a midwife and they have to do some real scary, weird, like concerning things. It's yeah. different. Um, my midwife has breached or has birthed breached babies. So it was something that we could have attempted if we had chose to. But my point here is that my husband and I chose to go to the hospital. That was our decision. Yeah. Um, we felt safer being there. We still wanted to deliver breach, but at the hospital. Uh, my midwife called the doctor that was on call and it was actually a doctor she had worked with. This doctor in the hospital had delivered breach babies. So we were like, yes, this is working out. We're going to do this. Let's do it. Um, went to the hospital. And up until this point, I had no contractions, like I had no feelings of anything. Um, you know, when I was at my midwife, she actually told me to go home and get something to eat and to shower and to pack my bag for the hospital. And it wasn't until we were about to get into the car and go to the hospital that I started feeling contractions and it came on very quickly. Like I, they escalated fast. By the time I got to the hospital, I was like stopping and having to breathe and like, don't talk to me anyone. Okay, then I was good to go. I arrived at the hospital and we got all, you know, hooked up and got ready to get checked. And it was confirmed. They did a scan. She was still breached, but she was moving. Um, so it, the thought was like, well, could she move by the time I go, like, you know, throughout labor, could she be moving into the right position? Um, it was interesting. She was turning in the way that my midwife had attempted to turn her the other way during the aversion. Mm -hmm. So we, we then thought like, what if we had tried to turn her the other way? Would it have worked? all these things going through my mind while I'm like in labor. Um, by this time, it, like contractions were really intensifying. 
Uh, by the time the doctor got in, I was four centimeters dilated, uh, which she said was very quick. Dip- like, I mean, this was only a matter of a couple hours. So she's like, okay, we got to figure out what you're going to do here. Or else this baby is going to just pop out. Um, they, like I said, did a scan. She was breached still. Um, then she checked me and the doctor said that that's definitely not a head. That's her hand. And it appears, or it feels like she's holding something. She's probably holding her cord. Oh, that became no. a very, yeah, that was like, great. Of course, it's like the worst thing I could hear. <laughs> that becomes a concern because if your cord is anywhere near, your cord could fall out. Um, that could lead to a prolapse cord, which means she would not have oxygen throughout labor and she could, I mean, potentially die in labor. Um, so the first mention of that, my husband and I, both our hearts sank at this time. I was, you know, sobbing and um just the realization that my birth was going to look very different than I had thought it was going to look. Um, we present, we were presented with our options by the doctor and we actually, my husband and I asked everybody to leave the room and we talked about it and I cried about it. And we decided to proceed with a cesarean knowing that uh, we were told that if we did not proceed with one now and we attempted the birth, it, it could work out. I could birth her naturally um, or things could go very wrong. Like her cord could, could fall through and we could end up in an emergency cesarean where I wouldn't be so be drugged. Yeah, I would not be awake to, to meet my daughter. So again, my husband and I made the choice to proceed with the cesarean. And I mention all of these choices because, you know, throughout my entire birth experience and looking back after everything was said and done, we, I felt I was really troubled by our birth experience. I mean, as you can tell how it ended, I mean, I had a cesarean birth. You know, it was as good of a cesarean birth as it could have been. I had a photographer in there with us who took beautiful pictures. Um, I met my daughter right away. We asked for her to be placed on my chest immediately after birth. Um, you know, they we did asked- it? Yes, they did. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, and I, I, I want to try to mention all these things that we asked for because no matter what your birth looks like, you have the power to ask for things and you have the power to make choices. So even if it's a birth experience that is completely opposite of what you have planned, you still have the power to ask for your different options, to ask doctors to explain those options, because a lot of times doctors are like, here's what you can do. Or sometimes they don't even give you choices. They just said, okay, we're going to proceed with this. Is that all right? This is what we're doing. And you can say, no, 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 no. Hang on. Like, can you give me my choices? What does that word mean? I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) Dr. Lingo. Um, So you can ask for all of these things throughout your experience. Uh, but I was very grateful to have her placed on my chest. Um, she was healthy. She, you know, attempted to breastfeed right away. I mean, it was ideal in that sense. But I really, really struggled with that birth experience because it was completely opposite of what I had planned. It was not a home birth. It was not natural. It was at a hospital. I mean, it was all these things I had not planned for. I mean, I had a birthing tub set up at home. I had all the things ready. And here I am in the hospital just and I really struggled mentally and emotionally with that whole experience. But looking back, I do see that we did have choices all along the way. We made those choices. So my husband and I made those choices as a team. So I felt, in, I, I mean, even though I struggled quite a bit with that birth experience, we did feel empowered knowing that we did make every choice that that happened throughout that entire experience. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, so let's let's like get a. You talked about how your uh, postpartum was kind of tough. So, like, what aspects were tough um, Mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, I think it all started because my birth experience was not what I had planned. So, I struggled 
greatly with feeling guilt, with feeling shame, um, feeling like my body failed me, feeling like I couldn't do what was natural. Um, you know, when, when I was trying to flip my baby over the course of a few days, my midwife had given me this beautiful drawing of a baby and like the uterus and the baby's in the perfect position. It was this gorgeous drawing. And I, I kept it with me for those entire, whatever it was, five days. And I was fixated on it, looking at this baby in the perfect position, ready to be born naturally through this beautiful like uterus. And it was just gorgeous. And after my birth, I would look at that and I would feel such guilt because I couldn't do that. My story wasn't like that. My baby wasn't normal. My birth wasn't normal. I, I failed. Um, so I really struggled mentally and emotionally with our birth experience at first because I felt like a failure. Yeah. Um, so that was hard leading into postpartum. But then I experienced a, just physically like I didn't know what a cesarean birth would be like and how I would heal from that and how difficult it would be just struggling physically. Um, so I struggled with that aspect of it. And then having this, you know, scar and this surgery that I just I had never had surgery before. So that was like a whole nother like, whoa, I had this big thing happen to my body that I was not prepared for. Um, so really, most of my struggles throughout postpartum were mentally and emotionally. Um, like I said, I had not planned for it. I had not prepared. My birth experience was crazy. Um, so I really struggled with that. I think I, you know, looking back, it was about a year into my postpartum experience that I thought, I think I maybe I had some postpartum depression going on. I, um, undiagnosed, I didn't think I needed help. I didn't, didn't talk to anyone, but it was about a year after our birth where I told my husband, I think something's going on. I think I should probably talk to someone. And it's taken me two and a half years to finally start talking to someone. Yeah. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different things like with postpartum. And I mean, people talk about postpartum, uh, depression a lot, but there's Mm -hmm. also like postpartum anxiety, which people Mm -hmm. deal with. And like, um, just like different things that people think like you plan so much for the baby to be born. And then when they're Mm -hmm. born, it's like, okay, but there's so many things. I think people, it's funny because they tell you, you plan for the birth between birth. And I would say like a year, People don't really talk to you about talk about that year, and mm-hmm. it's probably fair because most people they keep it they kind of but they probably don't with the baby and well that but mm-hmm. they probably don't remember like if you're talking mm-hmm. to like our mom like what were we like between birth and one I don't I was sleep deprived I had yeah. no idea you know yeah um and I mean except for like things like you know breastfeeding oh, potentially or whatever like things like mm-hmm. that but like even when you start reading books like mm-hmm. the milestones that they're meeting and stuff yeah. like that's pretty much it's pretty oh, much like, it's baby. are they holding their head up? Are oh, they doing baby. this? It's not mm-hmm. like big ones. The big ones start happening at, after one. And then they mm-hmm. just get on this momentum where it's like mm-hmm. a year from then they're talking. Or if you yeah. have a little girl, they may have started talking at like 18 months or something. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. and then they're in school. And then it's just like, it just goes really fast. So it's, right. I feel like it's just important that like, especially like you said, postpartum being more like a year process, which mm-hmm. is why the Canadians, and we have a couple of people that we know are Canadians mm-hmm. that listen to our podcast, um, they get a whole year. Yeah. Uh, we get six weeks. I went to Maybe. school. I went back to work mm-hmm. six weeks to the day of giving birth to my son. I was in no. Vegas six weeks after Landon was born for our friends got wow. engaged in Vegas. Oh, my God. Cried and cried in the hotel. I was like, the second day we were there, I was in tears in the hotel room, crying, looking through, like, photos yeah. and like the, of his birth. I was, I was a hot mess. But I was like... And I didn't expect to be upset. Yeah. Um, but I was like really, it like really. I was me. upset because more or less, well, because of where we worked, it's kind of a really, really big place that has like stairs and 
it's mm-hmm. outside and all this stuff. So I kind of like, I went immediately from literally having a baby six weeks ago to mm-hmm. three days back to back of like 12 hour days working. And I was oh. super sore and like potentially, I mean, my doctor, she told me when I went to the six week checkup, she was like, I mean, you're, you're good to go. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to work tomorrow. And she was like, I mean, yeah. And I would thank God I was fine. But like, realistically, looking back, I probably could have waited two, at yes. least two weeks. What's interesting is that I, there's a video out there um, that mentions this, that puppies get more time with their mothers or like, you know, you're not allowed to adopt a puppy for so many weeks. It's longer, yeah, longer (laughs) than mother, than humans get with their child. Like it, that blows my mind. That's a whole nother topic we can go on for hours about. I never thought of that actually. That is Mm -hmm. so true. We're more protective of the puppies being... Okay. Yeah. That low key because we, we adopted a puppy we adopted a puppy at eight weeks and yeah. the owner was just like very adamant that we like the puppies were almost born in my house. All ten of them were almost born oh in my God. house. So they were not born in my house. They were born an hour later, but we like I we literally saw the puppies when they came into the world. Mm-hmm. So we were so when we adopted him, I was just like, I just really I don't really want to wait, wait. And he was like, You we really need to wait eight weeks. But I just never thought of that. Like even when even when I had my six week checkup, Blake mm-hmm. and I both were like, we 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 were trying we were wanting to wait and make sure I was still like, I still felt because I was still a little bit sore. Like yes. there's just like all these things that they're like six weeks you should be good to go. I'm like, to be fair, maybe, at but, six you know, weeks, I, I would say at three weeks I felt like normal. I was like mm-hmm. I had stopped bleeding. I was doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, by six weeks I was like. Okay, cool. Like I felt like when she said you're good, just kind of confirmed how I already felt. And yes. again, I know that that is not that is not a lot of people's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was very like I think like we talk about postpartum, but in the when you're pregnant, a lot of the the planning for the postpartum mm-hmm. needs to be in pregnancy. A lot of like yes. how you're taking care of yourself, what you're putting in your body. And I was mm-hmm. like. I don't even know if I would be like that again, but like, mm-hmm. I was so weird about like what I ate, how much mm-hmm. I worked out, like protecting like my, my core muscles and mm-hmm. my, um, my leg muscles and muscles that I would need. Yeah, to, I was to until get I got on bed rest. And then she got put on bed rest if she could have, but yeah. So, but I was just, you know, and that's even a, an example. Yeah. We both, both of our labors were eight. Hers was 12, mine was eight hours. Oh my God. And I told my mom, I was like, I'm okay, like, she said scared. That our active labor of pushing was, hers was 45 minutes, mine was 38 minutes. Yeah, but we were in labor. But for right, the entire, yeah. To their birth. They were a long eight, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's long, except when I have friends, like, I know cousins like, that were labor like 20 hours of birth. 30, yeah, 36 hours. So for me, yeah. I'm like, but I'm like, I told my mom, I was like, I'm kind of scared that like the next one, because this happened to her, her next two, like one almost was born in a toilet. Yeah. And the I other one, like she mm-hmm. just barely got on the bed and like the mm-hmm. doctor just like slipped on a glove and like caught the baby. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the next one, I'm What's just, gonna be like? <laughs> I need to like, as soon as I think I feel anything, I'm like gonna, we need to like, I need to be able to like see the hospital from my yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I just, it's just, it's so nice. Thank you for sharing your birth story. I, I love like it. love, I love hearing just even, you know, experiences and, you know, having um, my friend Melissa on and she shared her birth story. And I think like your perspective of your birth story is very different. Like a person's mm-hmm. perspective is very different than like people hearing it. I think yeah. almost 
Like for some people, your birth story would have been like, well, I mean, I, I didn't really plan. So, you know, the baby got here and great, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so other people like, well, that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're going, if, for example, if you have this idea in your head that your kid is going to go to this amazing school and then mm-hmm. they're going to Harvard and they decide to go to UCLA, you're like, it, yeah. Or like they, you want your kid to be a baseball player and then they're like, well, I actually want to be a basketball player. And people are like, your kid's going to go to the NBA. Well, I wanted to play MLB. Like, you know, what I'm <laughs> it's like yeah. it's, you can kind of be like or like my birth. I feel like from my perspective, I feel like it was very I thought it was very smooth when mm-hmm. I told it to Amber. She was like, that sounds really traumatic. Yeah. And that's, the, and that's the perfect, I mean, I mentioned it before, it's like every mother is different and how they want to perceive their birth and experience their birth is different. So like the mom could have been in my experience and been like wanting to just listen to the doctors and have the doctors tell them what to do and just follow their guidance. For another mom, that's the exact opposite of what they want. They don't want to have someone tell them what to do. So it's just, we are all so different. So again, it comes back to finding out what each mother and each client or whoever each person needs um, to feel the, the feel empowered and to feel really good through their birth experience. So it's just, everyone's different, you know? Um, And I like to tell my story and tell it in a way of like pointing out what I see as the positive aspect. Cause I, I mean, I talk about it and it, it really was hard for me at first to process because like I said, it was totally opposite of what I had planned and I struggled with that, but to eat to every single mom out there, like you can know your options and you can ask for choices and you can ask to have a moment to think about things with your partner. Um, all of these different choices that you have throughout birth and how that can really lead to an empowering experience and not so much of, did you birth naturally or did you have a cesarean or did you this, did you that? Like that's not something to be proud of. It's, it's really how you feel based on the kind of choices you're given and the kind of options you're given and being able to make those choices yourself throughout birth yeah yeah it sounds like your husband is really supportive like throughout your whole pregnancy and Mm -hmm. you guys really worked well as a team um Mm -hmm. when it comes to we're going to talk about wifey life now we talked about business mommy we talked about mommy mommy Uh now we're going to talk about wife which is a super exciting and really fun aspect of just being a woman in general Mm -hmm. is one of the things that we look really forward to Extremely stressful and can be extremely because <laughs> it's weird because both like both Ashley and I are in that like we're we're fiancés but we've both been fiancés for a, for a while uh-huh. but we've also been with our partners for a while and we both have kids uh-huh. so it's like we've got we're doing a lot of the aspects of the of the wife life with yes out like the papers yet um, yeah yeah but for you how has it been like how with you being an entrepreneur and you have mm-hmm. all having all of these like exciting things going on for you personally with, or that are separate from your partner, how mm-hmm. has he been like supporting wise and how, what aspects does he really support you in? He has supported my entire business change. This all, I mean, this, I remember going to him and saying, honey, I found this business coach and she's doing exactly what I need her. Like I need her help. Like I, she's going to teach me how to create an online course and how to market it and how to build it, like all the technical aspect of it. And so I went to him and I said, yeah, she's like $1,400. And I have no <laughs> idea how we're going to afford that, but I really want to do it. And he's like, do it, do it right now. Like sign up, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Do it. And that's been his mentality really through this entire thing of like, so supportive not knowing like, what if this doesn't work? Like, what if I completely spend 
thousands and thousands of dollars and I can't help one single mother out there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's take the money out of it. Like not to make money, but just to help someone out there. What if I can't, like, what if I don't, this doesn't reach enough people. Like I can't help one mom or whatever it might be. What if this is something where I invest a lot of money and I don't make any money, like all that, these questions and doubts and fears, but he has always been the person like, and in my corner just saying like, go for it, try it. You never know if it's, you never know what's going to happen unless you try you're going to always regret it if you don't like, so he's been super supportive through this entire thing. And that's, doesn't go without saying though. I mean, we've been together for almost, it'll be eight years this year. Well, married eight years this year. We've been together for 10. Um, and we've had to meet. We met through family. My mom and his mom were really close friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we met and I was actually with someone else and that didn't work out, obviously. (laughs) And we just kept his like friends and we're talking and he actually, I broke up with this other loser I was with and um, (laughs) my husband now posted a a status on Facebook that was like, if anyone just broke up with their boyfriend, I won't say his name, they should text me or call me, whatever it was. And like, that was for me. (laughs) So funny. He used Facebook to like, hit on me I don't know it's so cute (laughs) so um yeah we met through through family and um we've grown a lot you know over the years and just learning to live with another person and be a partner with another person like how to work as a team and how to work with communication and you know through your 20s yes and like you know working with different love languages like we he is a totally separate different love language than I am like what are your love languages I am acts of service and gifts okay. all the way. And he is physical touch and um, quality time. Affirmation of I swear. Uh, I feel like every, every man is physical, physical touch. touch. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like most women I know, most men I know. Okay. So the second one, <laughs> like variable, uh, but most men I know are physical touch. And most women I know are acts of service, especially uh-huh. if they're moms. Like those are the two separate ones. And then the second one, Derek is I'm uh, words of affirmation mm-hmm. and um, acts of service. And Derek is words of affirmation. He oh. could care less if I ever washed a sock for him. Like he does not care. I don't even know what the second one is. I just know physical. No. Yeah. Words of affirmation and physical touch. Those are his two. Mm-hmm. So like we kind of meet sort of, yeah. but like, yeah, but physical touch for me is like, the last literally, like, I don't even think yeah. I got a percentage. Like it's on the bottom. Yep. <laughs> so far on the bottom. Which is yeah. that I feel honestly, okay, as a okay, so as a person that's also has a has a significant other that there is this physical touch and you're it's low on your list. Right. How do you guys made that like because that takes a I've learned that this take that takes a lot of communication because I yes. because it doesn't this is is plenty of physical touch. <laughs> This is touch. We're good. It's completely opposite for Blake and Derek, which is funny because I think they think it's something that they bond over that Ashley mm-hmm. and I have this thing about like, we don't like to be cuddled when we sleep. And we like, mm-hmm. I am, I love to, I am like, I have to remember to, to, I have to remember that he, those are things that he enjoys and that he yes. needs, even I don't need it yes. to peak. I need him to like acknowledge that I've, either acknowledge that I've done something mm-hmm. that like contributed to the household. Cause it's like the most hurtful thing in the world. If ever he says like, well, you just haven't done, but I'm like, yes, actually I have done that. Yeah. I yeah. didn't do the dishes five days in a row. Thank you. Yep. We did the dishes yep. one night. 
Yeah. So, like stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I like when he like, it's all, if he thinks through something before he does it, that's the thing that it can't just be like, it can't be something simple. It has to be something specific to me. Gotcha. It just makes a whole, like, that's like a lot to ask somebody. Like you really need to make your actions. Not only do you have to do things for him, but you have to make them real specific to yeah. me. Yeah. But for him, I feel like I've learned to, I've learned to kind of just up the things that I do mm-hmm. so that they match what he needs. Mm-hmm. So what have, how have you guys like processed that and learned to communicate that 10 years together? Yeah. A lot. Um, well, I mean, in the beginning, we, we struggled with that, with feeling like we each weren't getting the love that we needed. Um, like I clearly like wasn't physical enough and <laughs> I wasn't getting the service enough, whatever, you know, it's like, so we weren't feeling loved in the ways that we needed to feel loved. And I think we both realized that and we both communicated about it. So we, we talked, I mean, our communication has grown so much over the years of, like if something's bothering us, we know we have to talk about it and talk through it and work together as a team. Um, in the beginning, we were like, we weren't a team. We were like team Brooke and team Jordan, my husband's Jordan. Um, and we functioned like that and we lived together, right? So then it's like really noticing, making an effort to realize like you both have to work as a team. Like you're on the same team. Like what I'm doing benefits him. What he's doing will benefit me. And like, what can we do for each other rather than like thinking everything's being done to you or not done for you. Um, and thinking of like that single solo mindset. Yeah. Um, so really trying to remember like he wants the best for me and I want the best for him. And yeah. what can we do to get there? So we've talked a lot. We've, I mean, we've had many, we've had arguments. We've had, I mean, like any couple, any normal couple, like we've gone through those ups and downs. Um, and I know I could tell, like, I'm, I, I know I'm not physical enough. Like, you know, and he is physical in ways that we, I mean, this isn't just sexually, like this is like, if he comes up and like, you know, wants to touch me or hold me or hug me or hold my hand, like even holding hands is like a big thing for him. So like, (laughs) for me, it's like remembering that like, oh, ding, 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 like, hello, I need to hold his hand right now. Like I, that's such a simple thing. You know, I used to, this is so funny, but like, I'm going to share this story. Like, (laughs) I don't even know if he's going to be okay with me sharing it, but I'm going to share it. Um, so for years, like he's always like come up on hold, like grab my butt or like touch my butt, or, you know, nothing like crazy. Always. Okay? And it used to drive me insane. <laughs> yeah. Like I would, it would like put me in such a bad mood. And I had to come to the realization one day of like, why do I care? Like it's not hurting me. It's not like it's not even like a sexual thing where I don't want. It's not like it's like not consensual or something. It's like the uh, it's the most harmless thing he could do. And he's yeah. just showing me love. He's showing, that's him showing me love. Yeah. And now he does it. And I just, I, I love it. Like, it's I just, I know he's, he's loving on me. I remember, um, so I, I had, when my son was born, the idea of somebody after holding a baby all day, the idea mm-hmm. of someone touching me was Very like, normal. I just, please like go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have that concern of like, I already know that that's his love language. So the mm-hmm. idea of having, of he and I bringing a child into this world and then me potentially having those same feelings. It's like, I've kind of been like preparing him. Like I get touched out already. If I'm holding a baby all day, Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to be more touched out than normal. So like I just, but I've also knowing that about myself, I've kind of like, you have to make it an intention to like, okay, when I see him in the morning, I need to make an intention to Mm -hmm. hug him, touch him, kiss him. Like this morning, just this morning, I was Derek gets up before me because he's a morning person and Phoenix gets up before God in the morning. So they get up together. <laughs> if Phoenix wanted to, he 
he, he literally waits just until he sees the sun and then he gets up. Because oh we told goodness. him you cannot get come in our room until the sun is up. So I love when it. the sun comes up, he's like, the sun is up, let's go. And I'm like, y'all go. Oh I, my gosh. So I sleep in probably, I mean, they get up at like six, they got up at 6.15 this morning. I slept in until like 8.45 or something. Good so Derek comes and yes, <laughs> I, we have a, a system. Okay. We have schedules awesome. of like when we, Derek does bedtime on Monday and no Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday. And I do bedtime all the other times. And Love he it. takes him to school. Like we have a system. Okay. Love so, um, but I was going to say, so this morning he comes in and Phoenix comes in throughout the morning and is like, sees if I'm awake. And if I'm not, he like shuts the door, which realistically I'm awake. I'm just like pretending like I'm not awake because I'm not ready to get up. So he's yeah. like, mom, are you awake? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. And he shuts the door. <laughs> so the third time he comes in, Derek comes in. He's like, oh, you're awake. And he like jumps on the bed. I like barely have rubber sleep out of his eyes. <laughs> I have barely got the sleep out of my eyes. And he's like, good morning, baby. And he gives me a kiss. And, like, my whole body just, like, tensed up. And I was just, like, I had to, like, breathe. Like, yeah. Like, good morning. And he was like, okay, we'll see you in a little bit. And he left. And I was just like, you already, mornings are already hard for me. And mm-hmm. then that much, I just can't. I barely want to talk in the morning, let alone, yeah. like, just be like. When I live by myself, I swear, I I would go. I would hours. Just go hours without talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And I was just, I, yeah. Yeah. And so not only having like it's an adjustment with your partner, but with your mm-hmm. but now my son Wait until your your daughter starts she's probably talking, but like yeah. four year olds don't freaking stop talking. Landon, I know. Landon starts talking <laughs> as soon as he gets up like as soon as he gets up in the morning. He's just go talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Um but I, I just love to I, I've learned to adjust my morning because for me mm-hmm. I could get up an hour before anybody mm-hmm. with headphones in and just like do my own situation and not mm-hmm. but Blake feels like I'm like ignoring him or not like trying to include him if I get mm-hmm. up like an hour before him and like do all these things without him being awake he mm-hmm. would prefer to get up like if he gets up before me he's he'll get up before me he'll let me sleep in he'll do get landed in the dog and all the things and let me mm-hmm. sleep in but once I'm awake, he like wants to be up and awake with me, yeah, which is sweet and fine. So I have to choose to take my time of like mm-hmm. doing an hour of yoga or something. I I tend to take it on the end the end of the, the day end of the, day. In the morning, gotcha. yeah. Um, because Landon, I am blessed to have a son that has been sleeping through the night most well, of his since life. he came out. Since he came out, like I had at four months old, he was sleeping like six hours a night. Oh my son, he, now sleeps, he now sleeps 12 hours a night. He goes down at 7. He wakes up at 7 or 8 or oh. 9 or whatever. Phoenix just barely so. started sleeping in his bed the whole night when COVID started. Well, we have yeah. to have that. We're going to have this transition of, like, taking the, the door off the crib or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. so that'll be a new, yeah. new thing. So I'm enjoying the sleep while I have it because I know it's going to change. Um, yep. Okay. But, so we need to get to okay, one more question. And then we're okay. going to I have one last question. I swear I we're going to be on here for freaking the rest of the day talking to you about Well, everything. it's so easy to talk to you guys. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Good. We like, we like talking, but we I really like to hear about what's going on with you. So, um, okay. okay. So the last question is about you, as again, about you and Jordan. What are your parenting styles? And mm. like, if you guys were together for a long time before, you parents. before you were parents. Mm-hmm. So what are your parenting styles? And like, in what ways are you different? What ways are you the same? That's a really good question. Um, so before I even talk about our parenting styles, it's 
think it's really important to mention for anyone who's like a new mom or, you know, maybe you're pregnant or whatever. We are all figuring this out for the first time. Like there is no manual for how to parent or how to mother or whatever. So it's like such a journey. Like you're learning not only how to be a mother for yourself, but like how to be parents, how to work together as parents. Like it has been a freaking journey. And our daughter's only two and a half, right? So I think it's important to just like step back and realize that, that like, we're not, you're not going to have it all figured out. Like we definitely don't have it all figured out. Um, and we're just day by day, moment by moment, like just learning as we go. Um, we are very similar in a lot of ways for our parenting styles. I mean, I think that kind of comes from like, I married the guy, like I like who he is, how he is, what he does, right? Like we yeah. mesh, we work well together. Um, so we have a lot of things are the same. Um, we have a lot of the same like mentality of like giving her space, letting her learn, but we're also kind of like both. Uh, I'm a little more, okay, how are we different? Let's start there. So I'm a little more nervous, overly paranoid. Like, is she going to fall? Oh, is she going to hit the table? Oh my gosh. <laughs> is everything padded? It's like, is everything baby gates? Like I'm, I'm like that. Okay. Um, he's a little more relaxed and like, she's fine. Like let her climb up on the couch, like let her do the thing. Like she's going to learn. This is how she learns. So I struggle with like, yeah, I'm like, did you, take the san- did you take the sanitizer wipe and wipe it down? No. Yeah. What? Like, okay. So we're different in that way. Um, I'm a little more sensitive. My daughter's very sensitive. My husband's not. So that's something that we kind of have that's different. Um, and there's benefits and downfalls to both of that you know I think having parents that are on two sides of the spectrum will be really helpful for her so that she's not overly sensitive or you know not too tough and rough and tough and um, she can kind of have the best of both worlds to help her face the world that's around us Um, but really my husband and I I mean like I said like we work together well as a team like you know we have the same like goals and drive and supporting one another um, the way we speak to each other um, how we view like health and wellness and fitness. Um, I think we have a lot of the same like morals and things like that. So that kind of comes out in our parenting styles of, of how we've been raising our daughter. So yeah, Derek's definitely yeah. more the the paranoid mm-hmm. one. Like <laughs> the other day, Phoenix is, or yesterday we were bi- we were taking a bike ride. Phoenix wanted to go for a bike ride, and I'm just like you know casually walking. Like I give him a distance where I can see him and whatever, and he just mm-hmm. runs. Right. Cause I'm not going to like, unless I'm going for a run with him, I'm not going to be running like next right. to my son biking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I give him a good distance. And like, if he gets over, I'm like, Hey, slow down a little bit, whatever. Um, and so t- looking at my phone, I we're doing, we're doing something on my phone and Derek's next to me and Phoenix goes up to the crosswalk. Well, I've done enough bike rides to know he's going to stop at the crosswalk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Derek sees a car coming. So he runs up to him oh, and he like no. does the, the shield, like pushes the bike back. And I'm looking at him like, and he was like, I know, I know it was dramatic. And I'm like, <laughs> that was a bit dramatic. Like he wasn't, and he, Phoenix looks at him. He goes, he's like, he was like, I wasn't going to turn. I wasn't going to turn. And I was like, yeah, he was going to stop, babe. He's not going to just drive yeah. in the middle of the street. Like he's right. four, not one and a half. Right. So I have to like kind of adjust to him. Like sometimes like, babe, he's gonna Like there are mm-hmm. moments where I'm like, I kind of had this mindset of where, it's better for him to make mistakes, fall, hurt himself in this environment, as opposed to when he's older, he has no one to protect yeah, him, right? Yeah. So, like, when he hurts himself, he knows he can come tell us or whatever. Sometimes he's dramatic, and I'm like, son, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know where the boo-boo is. Like, 
there's nothing and his little eyes are just welling up because yeah. something may have hurt him but it's not like mm-hmm. bleeding or bruised or something so mm-hmm. he's just like are you gonna be and he's like and I'm just like son like what <laughs> I what I am I yeah. happen like I am so that parent which you all the moms you can judge me all you want to but my son literally can climb into his own high chair like full on climb sits himself down in the high chair <laughs> That's amazing. And I turned around and it just happened because the high chair sits in the living room. So I'm sitting watching TV and he's just roaming around the house. And then I turn around and Blake and I are like, did you put him in the high did chair? You put him in the <laughs> yeah. And he he's just climbed into the high chair and we were just, cause it has like a little step in the front, Yeah. which yeah. I'm not exactly sure what the step in the front of the high chair is for. It's really for that. For the yep. child to climb into it? Yes. Must okay. Be. Well, uh, yeah. So he just climbs into, climbs into his own high chair and, like I just and I'm sure most moms are like, why was why is he not strapped into that? Because he is fine. He yep. just sits in the high chair because I know my child. Yes, yep. I know my child. If I thought that he was going to climb out and fall out of the high, then I would I would he'd be strapped in all day every day. But he's just not that kid. Yep. He's not that kid that like I won't come into the, like the worst thing is I come into the living room and seen him on the dining room table. And I'm like, how did you even get on? <laughs> How did you get to that? And it's almost like this weird thing of being impressed and like, yeah, oh my gosh, you can get on the here. You also, like, yeah. now you cannot do that anymore. Like he has started yeah. taking. He has a little. It's okay. It's kind of his timeout chair, but wasn't bought for that. Mm-hmm. But he has a beanbag chair that he likes to lay in, and then he also has like this regular like green chair, which is his timeout chair. Mm-hmm. But he likes to take his timeout chair and put it up against like countertops now uh-huh. and like so he can grab and pull things and whatever, yeah. which is super impressive and very yeah. like. Like it's a milestone. It's a milestone. But I also feel like maybe you can't be doing that. Like you can't be taking your chair and like just using it as a step. Phoenix used to just pull out the bottom drawer and stand in the bottom drawer and hop up on the counter. Yes, it's just like things that I just I love. I'm just like you're. This is so. This is amazing and brilliant. But you can't do this. Like this is not safe. But it's super cool at the same time. Well, I'm like there you go. There's another example of like every child is different. Right. Yeah. Like every kid is different, and the way you handle that is how you want a parent. And like my point of like the what I my message for their moms is like that's okay. Like that is okay. I don't need the parent like you. You don't need a parent like me. Like we can do what feels right for us and to trust our own like mom instinct because that's so important and real. Like mom instinct is real, and to just tap into that and realize like you don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like you guys. Like you can be yourself and parent how you want and notice that like my daughter will not climb on anything because like, that's just, she's shy and she just doesn't timid. Like she doesn't want to, she will not climb the dining room table. Like that's just not the kid she is. I'm like, that's okay. You know, and like knowing that like we're all unique, that's just a great example of. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow you will see her on tomorrow, she's gonna be on the uh, <laughs> And I will be the mom that's like, oh, oh no, like this is not happening. Table. We have to replace all the chairs. All the chairs are gonna be up against gonna the wall. We're gonna pad everything. We're gonna live in like you know the gymnastics, like where there's like mats and pads and yeah. things <laughs> everywhere. Like that's gonna be my house. Hardwood floors are a blessing until you're like. So Ashley's in Ashley's middle floor in her apartment. It's all hardwood floor. Mm-hmm. So our kids have been slipping and sliding across. The yes, my floor. poor son. He's been slipping on things, and I'm like, your. My thing is his poor knees. Like, have you ever oh. slipped on something before? Like your knees and like. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like you need to be careful. But I'm not mm-hmm. gonna like. I mean, cleanliness wise, I love hardwood. It's hardwood floors are great. Yeah, nice. Okay, so the next thing we have is the last thing we have. Okay. We have done. We have had such a great talk year. Talk year. It's been great. It's been so great. Props to Jordan for being able to, for wrangling. Oh no, what is, what's happening now? Is she coming to say hi? My daughter is delivering me coffee. I love you. Thank you, honey. Hi, Henley. 
I love you. <laughs> oh my that gosh. So nice. Being a mom is the best. Yes. That's so sweet. Landon loves to take uh, Blake's coffee cups, um, and he doesn't quite have the – because Blake drinks, like, giant, Uh like, not like a cup. So Landon likes to deliver. He's like, here, Dada, and he sloshes the coffee, and, like, everybody likes the coffee to Blake. Um, But I've been telling Blake to put his coffee in thermos. Uh They don't get spilled. And they don't stick their hands in it. Yes, that's that's my least favorite thing is Landon sticking his hand inside my water or my tea or whatever. Okay, so we're going to do, um, we did this with our last guest. I think it's going to be something we do with all of our guests. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, back in the day, like like the day, like a long time ago, the show's not even on, Inside the Actor's Studio had questions that he asked at the end of every single episode. Oh, they're rapid-fire questions. Oh, no. They're rapid-fire questions, so you just answer the answer that comes, like, off to your time. mind. Comes straight to your mind. Okay, there's only I'm 10 so of them. Of this. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Okay, go. What is your favorite word? Um, empower. What is your least favorite word? Um, I want to say hate. That's the first thing that came to mind. What turns you on? Ooh, um, acts of service. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what turns you off? I almost said physical touch. No, that's not true. I do like touch. Um, um. I don't know. Bad breath. Is that, does that count? That's a good one. That's a good one. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, um, the coffee maker <laughs> or like a fire, like a, the ocean. Like there's a lot of things like that. I don't know. Um, hmm. what sound or noise do you hate? Ooh. Um, oh, like anything with like picking. This is so gross. I shouldn't even say this. My husband does CrossFit, so he gets calluses on his hands. Oh. And sometimes he'll put the calluses on, and I just can't handle that sound. Wake <laughs> likes to pop pimples. Oh, like oh mine too. My husband loves that. Mm-hmm. So gross. Um, yeah. what, what, are we, what, are what is your favorite curse word? Oh, damn it. And my daughter started saying it, so I'm really trying <laughs> not to say it. <laughs> Maybe not bad of a word, I guess, but yeah. Son, my son doesn't, he doesn't curse, but he's like, mommy, you shouldn't say that word. And I'm like. It's so good. Adorable. <laughs> he just, the guilt, just, the guilt you just, get from like, it's I know. like, I apologize to him. Like when I curse, I'm like, sorry, Phoenix. Like I, I just naturally do it now. It's just so weird. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, um, I, well, I'm kind of trying to attempt it, getting into birth work. Yeah. Cause that's like not your original. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started, I went to school for graphic design and here I am like moving towards birth and postpartum world. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, anything with math. (laughs) Anything with math? Anything. Yeah. With math or science. Math and graphic design? No. Calculator all the way. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure there's shapes and geometry involved. No, no. I'm just all about the calculator. And I'm sure there's like there's like a, I'm trying to say apps, but it's not an app, but like a computer system. Yes, that like, it's a software that we use that does the simplifies math. life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate? Oh, that my grandpa's there. Aww. Oh, that, is so that, that was a good question. <laughs> Yay. That wasn't that bad. No, they're not. Oh, bad. good. No, that was wonderful. That was fun. <laughs> question. Okay. So where can... Our followers, our listeners, find you. Yeah. So you mentioned my website earlier, www.theempoweringmama.com. 
Um, I am the most active on Instagram. So you can find me at the empowering mama. Um, if you go to my website, which is also linked on my Instagram, I have lots of like free guides. So if anyone's pregnant or expecting or knows someone who is, I have a, you know, how to thrive with your baby after birth. Um, I have a hospital bag checklist. So, you know, like what the heck do I pack for the hospital? Because when I went into labor, I didn't have a hospital bag check or pack. So now I know, um, yeah, lots of free stuff on there. You can find my course and then I'm, yeah, the most active on Instagram. I would love to connect with all of your listeners. We'll put put all the links in. The description box if you're watching on YouTube or on if you're listening and then the show notes if you're watching on YouTube. What um and you also have one so Brooke also has one more Instagram called Naturally oh. in the Home, right? Yeah, that now this is just like for fun. This is a side hobby. I just started that Instagram. Yeah, naturally in the home, just trying to find alternatives for healthier, non-toxic natural items that you can use in the home and on your body. Yeah. That's something I've been really passionate about. Especially when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, like I this product isn't good for my baby and I'm putting it all over my skin, which absorbs into my body and affects my hormones and my baby. So yeah, that's kind of a fun account that I started. Yeah. I got, I got, I told you, I got really really into that because one time my son, when he was crawling, he got into the cabinet, like the under sink cabinet with all the chemicals in it. Right. And I had kind of been like, transitioning over to like having all natural non-toxic chemicals like my kind of guide is like if you look on the back and it doesn't have a poison control warning on it yeah probably buy it that's awesome yeah <laughs> because that means that if your kid or your dog or something ingests right. it or like for me like the biggest thing is like I literally just had to start using bleach again because I'm like mm-hmm. breathing in bleach is just like so bad for your lungs and your right. but it does do the job and I know you can use like oh, there's other things you can use but we just started using bleach again, <clears throat> but I have, I have a lot more natural things. Cause my son, one time he got underneath it and he drank the dish soap. And I didn't oh swallow gosh. it because if you ever drink dish soap, it doesn't freaking taste good. It yeah. tastes nasty. So yeah. he like spit it out and he just had like, it was like wet around his mouth. Like, and I picked him up and I was like, what is it? And I smelled his breath and it was the smell like the oh. lemon dish soap. And I was like, oh. oh my gosh, I called my mom. I was like, do I need to call poison control? Is right. it going to be okay? And she was like, Okay, well, first of all, he probably didn't swallow it because it's dish soap and it tastes nasty. And I was like, okay. And so I like washed his mouth out. And ever since then, I was like, I need to invest in stuff that's like, I'm less paranoid about it now, again, because my son is like aware of the things that aren't safe, like he can't even touch or whatever. Um, But even for me still, just like buying like Mrs. Meyers products Mm -hmm. or um, Seventh Generation or like those kind of products, like I'm really kind of intentional. And also when you're pregnant, you can't, like they say, like Blake was really weird about me cleaning stuff because the chemicals, yeah, the chemicals mm-hmm. cleaning products. So that's another thing too, when you're pregnant or after postpartum with your baby, especially yeah. your baby's crawling, if you have hardwood floors, mm-hmm. uh, we were weird about the, like I literally Googled, I remember this, it, Blake and I kept, every time we cleaned the floor, like found something, we would be Googling, can we clean the floor with this? Because Blake yeah. was crawling. like, can yeah. he breathe this in? Can he? So just, you know, that is awesome. We'll keep an eye on all your natural tips. Yeah, I'm going to go follow that. I didn't know about yeah. that. Instagram is so interesting. She has all like the tips for all the things mom like is awesome. And she has like the highlights on there too. So you can literally like look at all of Brooke's tips and follow all like 7,000 of her <laughs> tips. I try to a lot of tips. Yeah. yeah, which are really, which are really awesome. But, but yeah. it makes have, me excited to have another baby. Hopefully by then, well, you live in Oregon. So. Are you going to have another baby? That's a really That's personal a great, question. Great question. Um, it's a <laughs> We were, many people don't know this, so this is like exclusive information for your podcast. 
Um, we were going to start trying this month and then here we are. Perfect time, it's COVID. Well, that's our thing is like, we're not there. Like with COVID <laughs> happening, like we're in a weird mindset about it and we're waiting. So we're, it's gonna, it's a big TBD. We'll it's see what happens. Mine. I mean, all, Blake and I already decided we're just, we're good with one, mm-hmm. but uh, I was already nervous about bringing a human being into the world pre-COVID and bringing a human into the world post-COVID. Makes or in the middle of, or in the middle of COVID, like moms that are pregnant. If you are pregnant mm-hmm. right now, I know. bless I so much. Do you have clients right now that are, I do. oh man. The thing yeah, a, lot, a lot of what we talk about right now is like how to plan and prepare for postpartum in a COVID world. Cause we don't, this is, you know, expected to flare back up come fall and winter. So it's like a lot of talking about how moms are feeling right now throughout their pregnancy. Cause it's a, just a very, very different world and how to plan for a postpartum where you might not get the actual physical support that you would have had yeah. before COVID. And also just not being able to have your, um, your doula or your, yes. um, or your spouse or whatever, you're not allowed to have them, um, in there with you with a lot of hospitals uh that would be honestly that would be the hardest for me giving birth in a hospital in a super sterile environment not having visitors all that stuff Mm -hmm. i would be totally fine with that but not being able to have my mom or my sister or or whatever and go through god forbid like if it was my first time giving birth and i I had nobody oh man my heart goes out to those mamas right now it's a very tough time for them well we're well, really excited. It's great we, talking. We, we, I've been so excited. This is so much like, This has been the best. I love it. It's so it's been so much fun. Thank you to all the moms that are going to listen just because you saw Brooke. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully, you yeah. got to learn. If you haven't, if you don't really, if you haven't really had that one-on-one like personal getting to know Brooke conversation, you got to know a little bit more about about her. And, yeah. Um, and those of our those are friends of ours and everyone that follows us. Um, Please go follow Brooke on all of her socials and also make sure that if you're And recommend her to a mom. Yes. If you have a mom that, especially right now, like all the moms can use all the support. So definitely coming up in this new phase of life and the world that we're going to be in, they're going to definitely need that support. So definitely do that. Um, Also, if you're listening, we've had more listeners than we have had followers on our YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, follow, subscribe, subscribe. hit the bell. Yes the bell on our youtube um please feel free to comment like share all the things because we love hearing from you guys and this has been great we love you guys yeah. thank you so all much right. for listening thanks brooke thank you thank brooke you. i kind of want to have you i kind of want to have you back but i don't even know what we were talking about but we could have you back i'm sure we could find something yes <laughs> i'm down okay Yay. all right thank all right you. yeah we will see you guys later and bye brooke bye, bye. thank you so much bye. thank you yeah.